several years ago, a man was walking with his dog alongside Guadalupe River. The dog starts sniffing around a drainage ditch, and the man looks over and sees two large bones sticking out of the sandy clay. Well, the man calls up the water department. They send out a geologist, and the geologist recognizes that these bones are actually tusks. So he brings out a team. They dig around the tusks for two weeks, and behind me at the Discovery Museum is what they found. Right here in the Silicon Valley, they discovered a juvenile woolly mammoth. How cool is that? What if you were walking along this week with your dog and you ran into a, a T-Rex? What if we found out that the Bay Area was the original home to Jurassic Park? When I was a kid, I loved dinosaurs. And that's why I couldn't wait to see the first Jurassic Park movie. I was, I was in line and when I got inside, I loved the movie. I was on the edge of my seat. I held my breath and, and then they came out 25 years later with a, a Jurassic World movie. That's how you know you're getting older. When you saw the first wave of dinosaur movies and now you're seeing the second wave of dinosaur movies for the next generation, you start to feel like a dinosaur. Hello. Well, if you've seen the newest film, it's called The Fallen Kingdom. And for the next few moments, that's exactly what I want us to think about. The original Fallen Kingdom. What went wrong with God's good creation? Why is the world in such a mess? And how is Jesus at work to reverse the curse, to restore and renew the kingdom? In one place, Jesus says, Behold, I am making all things new. This is the story of a world that was turned upside down by sin, but is being turned right side up by Jesus. Let's get started. Here we go, Cathedral, are you ready? for an exciting story of how Jesus is at work reversing the curse and renewing creation. Renew, say that with me, renew. It's so good to see everybody this weekend. Thanks for being here. Those who are in the main building, outside at the amphitheater, wherever you're at on campus, and those at the different sites, those around the world who are watching online, thanks so much for being here. God is good and all the time. Well, everyone stand with me, please, as we prepare to receive the word together. You know, in the month of August, it's movie month here at Cathedral, and we're taking a theme from one of the blockbuster movies and looking at that theme, what the Bible has to say about it. We've looked at how you can live an incredible life, even if you weren't in the movie, that when you get locked into God's GPS for your life, you're on your way to that incredible life. And then we looked at Mission Impossible, how with man it may be impossible, but with God all things are possible. That's why at Cathedral of Faith we say that anything is possible. In fact, I received a praise report this week from our Spanish campus pastor, Pastor John Mendez. He prayed for someone in our Spanish ministry four weeks ago who had lupus. 
She just went in for treatment this week at Stanford, and they found that it was gone. Lupus was no longer there to the glory of God. Hallelujah! And this week, we're going to look at how God is at work renewing his creation. Renew is the big idea for the weekend. It's a little different this weekend. It's Creation Care Weekend at Cathedral of Faith, and we go all the way back to the beginning as we start the story. It reads this way. Would you read it out loud with me? God looked at what he had done, and all of it was very good. Can we read that one more time? God looked at what he had done, and all of it was very good. Can we give God praise for his goodness? Amen. We serve a good God. Father, thank you for this moment in time. Thank you for all of these Wonderful folks, this weekend they've set aside this time to come and meet you in this moment and celebrate your goodness. And I pray, God, that who you are and what you're doing in this world would capture our hearts and draw us towards you. That we would leave here different because we met you in this moment. That's our heart, that's our desire. All God's people said, amen. Amen. I'm going to need you to help me preach this weekend. God is good. And all the time, before you're seated, tell somebody, we serve a good God. Amen. We serve a good God. We serve a good God. And Jesus is at work renewing his creation. It's Creation Care Weekend here at Cathedral. And I want you to think with me about this big idea of renew. Say it with me. Renew. It starts with the first point that's on your outline, and that's understanding that God is the ultimate ruler, and we are created to rule under him. God is the ultimate ruler, and we are created to rule under him. I saw this text message where this guy and this girl were going back and forth texting each other, and the guy says, no, girls are not better than boys, and she says, yes, they are. And he says, then why does the Bible say that God created man first? And she said, because everybody needs a rough draft before they make a final copy. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh, my. Go all the way back to the beginning and look at what happens in Genesis chapter 1. God says, now we will make humans... And they will be like us. We will let them what? We will let them what? We will let them what? Rule. Rule the fish, the birds, and all other living creatures. Follow this. That God creates the world. Then he creates human beings in his image. Then he puts them in the world like kings and queens to rule his kingdom with him, under him. Do you know who you are? Well, in ancient times, what kings would do is they would create images of themselves. 
And wherever their empire was, they would put those images there, and those images would represent their power and their presence and their authority and their rule. And what God does is he creates human beings in his image, and he sets us in the world so that we would represent his power, his presence, his authority, and his rule. Like kings and queens in his kingdom, do you know who you are? Have you ever wondered, does my life matter? Does my life count? Go all the way back to the beginning and you will discover that God designed you as royalty, kings and queens to rule his kingdom underneath him. Can we give God praise for who he is? Wow, what an amazing thing to think about. Of course, God is the ultimate ruler because he is the creator and the whole world belongs to him. The Bible says the earth belongs to the Lord and so does everything in it. The world belongs to him and so do all those who live in it. So the world belongs to him and the way we relate to God and the world it's a little bit like, how many, how many dads do we have in the audience? Let me see, how many dads? Well, how many dads have teenagers in the house? Let me see. Well, we'll have a special prayer time for you after service. <laughs> and there's a lot of pressure. So let's say, dad, you can identify with this. Your child comes up to you, your son, and he says, dad, can I borrow the car? I've got a big date this weekend. And can I borrow the car? And you said, sure, son. Here are the keys. Take good care of the car. And so the son takes the car on the date. He comes back. And you look at your car. And he's painted the car. And you say, what have you done? What were you thinking? I mean, he takes the car. When he leaves, the car is like this. When he brings the car back to you, it looks like this right here, see? <laughs> and you say, what were you thinking? And you say, well, Dad, it was a very big date, and I, you know, I wanted to paint the car, and don't you like the paint job that I put on my car? And you say, excuse me, time out. I think there's a misunderstanding. What we have here is a failure to communicate, right? That car is not your car. That car is my car. It belongs to me. And now you're grounded for a thousand years, right? <laughs> See, the earth, if there is no God, if there is no God, then I can treat the world any way I want to treat it. I can use it. I can abuse it because it belongs to me. And so I can paint the earth, any color I want to paint it. But when you recognize that the world belongs to God, the Bible says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven is whose? Yours. When you recognize that everything belongs to God, that is why, well, when God takes us and sets us as kings and queens 
in his kingdom to rule the world with him and to rule the world under him and to be good stewards of his creation? See, when sin entered the world, it messed up everything. But Jesus is at work to reverse the curse and restore you and I to our proper position. We are royalty in his kingdom. Can we give him praise? Amen. Hallelujah. Royalty in his kingdom. Wow, God is good. And all the time. Boy, God is at work renewing. His creation. That brings us to the second point. The second point is this, that one way we rule under him is that we take care of his creation with him. One of the ways that we exercise our rulership as kings and queens is we take care of the creation under him. Again, back at the beginning, we find that the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it. And Take care of it. Take care of it. Would you say that with me? Take care of it. Well, underline that phrase, take care of it. Circle that phrase, take care of it. One of the ways we exercise our rulership at kings and queens is we take care of the garden, of our part of the garden. That whenever we take care of the forest or the ocean or the ozone or right here our part of the garden at 2315 Kanoas Garden Road the reason we have solar panels is not because we live in California it's not because of what is trending on Twitter we have a theology of ecology that goes all the way back to the beginning of time that God puts us in the garden and says, take care of your part of the garden. And as we are planting what is the equivalent of 100,000 trees in our garden with those solar panels, that's a way we're exercising our authority as kings and queens at Cathedral of Faith. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. And every time you take care of of your part of the garden, take hold of this. It's a spiritual exercise. When when I, I mean, when I save some energy or when I recycle or when I pick up litter, it could be a spiritual exercise. Have you ever thought of it that way? My wife and I will go to the park and she always takes a little bag with her and she'll pull it out And she'll start picking up trash. And I got to tell you, when she did this, it bugged me. And I just was thinking, honey, what are you doing? We're here at the park. Enjoy the park. Here you are picking up trash. That's not your job. No, I didn't say it because I didn't want to get in trouble. (laughs) All the husbands said amen to that. But I thought it. And then one, guy, one day God spoke very clearly to me and he said, Ken, knock it off. Does God ever speak to you like that? When God speaks to Dr. Wayne, he uses big words because Dr. Wayne can understand him. When God speaks to me, he keeps it simple and straight to the point. Ken, knock it off. What your wife is doing at the park 
is taking care of my creation. Whoa. Talk about a paradigm shift for me. So anytime we exercise our rulership in that way, taking care of God's good creation, I have, I want to introduce you to some folks who are, are doing just that. Now this guest with us today, it's her first time with us, so she's a little bit nervous. I want you to give a big hand to Sophie. Sophie, would you come on out? Sophie, come on out. Can Sophie come on out? Here we go, Sophie, come on out. Here we go. Sophie is a basset hound who is nine years old, and Sophie weighs 75 pounds. I thought about carrying her on stage, but I didn't want to hurt my back. But Sophie, she is so cute. Look at that. That's all right. We'll just come over to Sophie. And Sophie is so cute. Now, this is Frank. Frank's a part of Cathedral. And Frank's also a part of Golden Gate Rescue. They rescue Basset Hounds. And uh, isn't that great, Frank, the job that you do? Now, now Frank, he got saved at Cathedral of Faith two years ago. Can we give God praise? Amen. Yeah. And and it's awesome. Uh, And Frank's been a part of this for a year. And and, and dogs are, are amazing animals. I, 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 someone once said that a dog is better than a wife. Because the later you come home, the happier your dog is to see you. <laughs> of course, someone else said that a dog is better than a husband. Because dogs can be forced to take a bath when they need one. <laughs> so dogs are amazing creatures. And have you ever noticed that in the creation story that the animals and the human beings were created on the same day, the sixth day. And maybe that helps us to understand the special connection that we have with animals. I mean, are there any pet owners in the house? Let me see, any pet owners in the house? Yeah. Then you can identify with this. We had a dog uh, named Cleo. Cleo was a boxer. You can see a picture of Cleo right up there. And and I remember when Cleo got cancer and wow, the vet said you need to put her down and and my wife was out of town and I took Cleo to the vet and oh boy, Cleo took her to the Humane Society. Cleo looked at me, I looked at her and left her there and on the way home, don't tell any of my friends, but on the way home, I cried like a baby. I couldn't believe how much I felt about the loss of that dog. There was a special connection. One of the questions we get asked as pastors is this, will I see my dog in heaven? Now, some people who are a lot smarter than me think that that's a possibility. Billy Graham once said this about that question. He said, I think God will have prepared everything for our perfect happiness if it takes my dog being there in heaven I believe he'll be there. Martin Luther said, certainly there will be, for Peter calls that day the time of the restitution of all things. C.S. Lewis said, it seems to me possible that certain animals may have an immortality, not in themselves, but in the immortality of their masters. In the same way that Jesus' love draws us into eternity, 
that our love for our pets can draw them into eternity. Will all dogs be in heaven? I'm not sure it could be. Now, cats, on the other hand, that's a whole different story. (laughs) We're not going to even go there. But this connection that we have with animals. See, animals are not human. Humans are the only ones that are made in the image of God. But animals have animal dignity. Dogs have dog dignity. And whenever I treat them with the dignity that a dog deserves... It's one of the ways I'm exercising my rulership. How about a nice hand for Sophie and Frank? Thank you guys so much, Frank, for the job that you do. One of the questions that comes up in Jurassic World, if you saw the most recent movie, is what do we do about the dinosaurs? How should we treat the dinosaurs? You know, how do we treat the animal kingdom Did you know that the first laws in our nation about animal cruelty, to prevent animal cruelty, they were not established by PETA, they were established by the Puritans. And you can go all the way back to the Old Testament. One of the reasons it says you need to keep the Sabbath is this. You know, it says six days you shall do your work, on the seventh day you shall rest, so that your ox and your donkey may have relief. Give your animals a break. And then Jesus said this about how God cares about every part of the creation. Look at this. Aren't five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten in God's sight. That whenever we exercise our care of creation, it's one of the ways Jesus is at work in the world renewing and restoring and making his good world good again. Can we give God praise, amen? Thank you, God, for your creation. God is good, and all the time. And Jesus is at work renewing the world. Renew is the big idea. And that brings us to the last part of this story. As we take care of his creation with him, that we see the glory of God in all creation. Everybody lock in on this. God, help us to catch this view of your world this weekend. If you've seen this on YouTube, there's an amazing video of an eagle. They took an eagle to the top of the tallest building in the world in Dubai. And they let the eagle go. And somewhere in Dubai, the master, the, the trainer of that eagle was there. The eagle didn't know where. And they put a little GoPro camera on the back of the eagle so that you could follow its journey. The Bible says that God carries us. Well, like we're on eagle's wings. If you've ever wondered what that's like, watch this video. It's awesome.
Isn't that amazing? Some things you look at and you just go, and it takes your breath away. And as people of faith, when we see something like that, it moves us to worship, not to worship creation, but to worship the God of creation. Because we understand that everything around us declares the glory of God. The Bible says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. When we look around us, we see more than creation. We see that the heavens declare the glory of God. One person who understood this was a guy by the name of John Muir. He was one of the most important conservationists in our state. And secularism has tried to hijack his story and remove God from it. But if you do a little bit of digging, you'll find that John Muir was a person of deep faith. His dad was a pastor. John Muir memorized the New Testament by the time he was 11. And John Muir was known as the preacher of creation. And he was once walking in the woods like you see right here, Muir Woods. And they were asking him what he was doing, and this is what he said. He said, I am studying the invention of God. The invention of God. As people of faith, when we look around us, we don't see an environment. We see the invention of God that declares the glory of God. Can we give God praise for who he is and what he does? Amen. One of John Muir's favorite things to look at was the squirrel. I found that interesting. Have you ever looked at a squirrel? I found this picture of a squirrel right up here. It says, I'm sorry to bother you, but the bird feeder is empty. <laughs> now, my wife and I, we have a bird feeder in our backyard, and it's true. I mean, you can see some pictures that we took yesterday, and how the squirrels will jump from the fence to the tree, and from the tree, they'll upside down, go down that wire and snag some food. And these aren't squirrels. These are stuntmen from Mission Impossible. <laughs> and I was thinking, have you ever slowed down enough? Here in the valley, we just don't slow down. My challenge to you this week is to slow down enough and to see the glory of God around you. Because they preach a better sermon than I do. I can talk about the glory of God, but put up a bird feeder in your yard, and that squirrel will preach a better message than I do. Or take a look at the flowers in your garden, and those flowers will preach a better message than I do. Or listen to the birds as you hike that trail, and those birds will preach a better message than I do. Or listen, you know, go to the zoo and see the lion, and the lion, as he roars, will preach a better message than I do, that everywhere around us, it's like a theater, and the glory of God is on display. The splendor of God, and the creativity of God, and the beauty of God, and the majesty of God. And when you look around you, it's showtime. 
The glory of God is preaching its sermon. The Bible says, ask the animals and they will teach you. Or the birds in the sky and they will tell you. Or speak to the earth and it will teach you. Or let the fish in the sea inform you. You know, when we look around us, we don't see an environment. We see the invention of God that declares the glory of God. And when you look up into the night sky tonight, here's something you can do. Here's, here's something you can I've got a dime in my pocket. Take a dime. Look up in the night sky. Hold that dime up. And did you know that that dime is covering 15 million stars in our galaxy, the Milky Way? 15 million stars behind that dime. And there are over 100 billion galaxies. The vastness of the world that God has made. When you look around and you recognize the majesty of God, it takes your breath away. And in the, the time that we live in, we have a greater appreciation than ever of the vastness of the universe. And we read in scripture, you made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry hosts, the earth and all that is in it, the seas and all that is in them, you give life to everything. And the multitudes of heaven worship you. And God made all of this out of nothing? Are you kidding me? For this next part as we wrap up the message today, I'm gonna ask some help from one of our staff members. Pastor Seti, would you come on out here? Would you give Pastor Seti a great big hand? Pastor Seti. Now, Pastor Seti is not only a, a great singer, but he's also good at origami. And Pastor Seti, I got to say, you're a lot cuter than that basset hound. Amen. <laughs> we love Pastor Seti. And Seti, I want you to take this dollar bill, and he's going to take this dollar bill, and he's going to create something out of it. Now, human beings are made in the image of God, and we can create some amazing things. But we, also, we always start with pre-existing stuff. That the painter, he uses paint and a canvas, and the builder uses lumber and nails. And the baker uses flour and yeast. And Seti, he's taking this dollar bill, and he's creating something out of it. It's amazing, human beings made in the image of God, we can create some incredible things, but we always start with pre-existing stuff. Seti, what are you creating right there? Making a, a dog. He's making a dog out of a dollar bill. How cool is that? Whenever we create, we create, we start with something. But the God of the Bible, see in other creation stories, the gods always use with pre-existing stuff to create the world around us. Only in the Bible do we see that God in his infinite imagination, God in his infinite power can take nothing 
And yet God can speak a word and say, let there be lights. He takes nothing and creates something out of that. This is the amazing God that we worship. The Bible says we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Oh, the amazing God that we serve. Amen. And thank you, Pastor Seti. How about a big pan for Pastor Seti? Thank you, Pastor Seti. That is very cool. Very cool. In fact, I'm going to give this to, you know, sitting in the front row this whole time. What's your first name? Christina. Here is the little puppy that Seti made out of that dollar bill. You came to church and you went home with a puppy. Amen. How cool is that? As the tech team gets ready for this final musical piece from the worship arts, where does the story ultimately head? One day, Jesus is going to return. Anybody looking forward to that? Let me say that again. One day, Jesus is going to return. Anybody looking forward to that? Hallelujah! And when he does, he is going to, well, take this broken world and turn it into a perfect world. The Bible says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Now, there are two words for new. There's one word that means brand new, and there's another word which means renew, when you restore something to its perfect condition. This is the word that is used in Revelation 21. Jesus is going to come, and he's going to renew the heavens and the earth so that sin does not have the last word in our world. Death does not have the last word in our world. Evil does not have the last word in our world. Jesus has the last word in our world. Hallelujah. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And the story at that moment really is just beginning. Are you ready for the sequel? How exciting it is to be kings and queens that are a part of God's kingdom. And I've asked the worship arts team to come and share a song with you. And as they do, I hope that you will, well, your heart will be lifted to praise. That you'll praise not the creation, but you'll lift your eyes to the creator who is good and is renewing this world, the broken world, toward a perfect world. Give the worship arts team a great big hand as they come. Amen.
that was beautiful. Everybody stand with me, please. I don't know if you've ever done this in church before, but I'm going to invite you to give God a standing ovation for the creation that he has placed around us. God, we give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory. We see the amazing world that you placed us in. God, we are so grateful, the beauty and the splendor, the majesty. Oh, the glory of God is all around us, and we recognize it, and we give you praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. God is good. And all the time. 